0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Today's Gospel begins with a series of exhortations. Be merciful, just as your Father also is merciful. Judge not, and you shall not be judged. Condemn not, and you shall not be condemned. Forgive, and you shall be forgiven. These exhortations follow in Luke's Gospel just after a command by Jesus that we should love not only our neighbors and friends, but also our enemies. As Jesus said, love your enemies, do good and lend, hoping for nothing in return, and your war will be great, and you will be sons of the Most High, for he is kind to the unthankful and evil." The command to judge not lest ye be judged typically leads to a search for exceptions. Is it not right to judge wrong behavior? If I see someone steal something, am I wrong to say you're a thief? However, it's clear from the context of Jesus' comments that this is not the kind of thing he is aiming at. He is aiming at the human tendency to condemn others based on appearances, without all the facts, and without mercy. For example, we're at the store, and we judge someone based on what we see in their cart. Or, kids are misbehaving, and we pass judgment on their parents. Or, we condemn people based on what they're wearing, or how they're driving, or more significantly for our text. We condemn people because they do something bad or wrong. We are kinder to our friends. For example, if a close friend misbehaves we're likely to be merciful. We will seek to understand the context and the motive. We will extend an attitude of grace. We will desire that they be forgiven, and we will desire that there is a good resolution of the problem. However, if our enemy does the very same thing for the very same reasons, we will see this as evidence that he or she is a child of the evil one. The offense will be the third strike without needing strike one or strike two And there will be no grace, especially if I was the victim of what they did. This is why Jesus tells us to love our enemies. Loving our friends is easy. Desiring good for those we do not naturally like is hard. The rhythm of the liturgy highlights the contradiction of judging others. As we approach the altar, we acknowledge and bewail our manifold sins and wickedness, committed by thought, word, and deed against God. In the daily offices, we confess that we have left undone those things which we ought to have done and done those things which we ought not to have done. How are we able to say these things and then leave our prayer and roam around condemning others for their sins of thought, word, deed, and, and omission. Our growing awareness that we, in fact, do this is essential to our growth in grace, for it leads us to growth in repentance. In the early stages of repentance, we tend to focus on what we call sins of the flesh, Gluttony, lust, and sloth, and visible, obvious acts of wrongdoing. As we grow spiritually, we come to realize that our sickness is more deeply rooted. It's in our, fa- in our faulty motives and in the devices and desires of our own hearts. We discover the subtle, hidden presence of pride, envy, covetousness, and anger Our deeper sin comes to light through our encounter with Christ in prayer. We keep judging, we aren't always merciful, and sometimes we condemn. But then we return to the altar of God, and Christ is still there. His offering still cleanses us from our sins, and he still ever lives in heaven to make intercession for us doesn't he ever get sick and tired of our hypocrisy? This is our secret fear. One day we will come to our prayer and Christ will say, no, not this time. You've used up your 70 times 7. That's it. This fear is projection. It's what we might do. But God the Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit will not do this because that's not who God is. When we say God is love, we do not mean that God is a sentiment of love that comes and goes on a whim or that has a limit like our love. We mean that his character is to love. The father loves the son, the son loves the father, the Holy Spirit is the love that flows between them And then, because it is so full and abundant, it flows out from them to us. When we come to God, he can't be anything other than he is, which is love. Of course, love convicts us of our sin. But love also cleanses us from our sin. Love is benevolent. It convicts us in order to cleanse and heal. It seeks our good. And that is where our love differs from God's love. We are not always benevolent. We do not always want our enemies to be converted. We're happy to confront their sin. But we are more like James and John in Luke chapter 9, who wanted the fire from God called down on the Samaritans or we're more like Jonah who was angry that God showed mercy to the Ninevites, Israel's sworn enemy. We want God to hammer our enemies just like they deserve. This disposition of our hearts distinguishes humans from God and it is what must change in us if we want to become sons and daughters of the Most High. God is a righteous judge, but we are not righteous judges. That's why Jesus commands us not to judge. Jesus will come again with glory to judge the world. That will be a true and a righteous judgment, but it will also be full of surprises. When the secrets of every heart are revealed, when true motives and intentions are uncovered, we will see people as they really are. Some who were visibly beautiful will be revealed as ugly, and some who were outwardly unattractive will be revealed as beautiful. In the resurrection, there will be a harmony between inward intention and motive, and outward appearance. Our encounter with Jesus in word and sacrament anticipates the day of judgment. The Eucharist is in fact a continual practice for the telos of all things. We grow in grace as we are increasingly willing to see ourselves in the full light of day. As Ephesians 5, verses 13 and 14 says, all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light. Therefore, he says, awake you who sleep and rise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. The true light of Christ is humbling. Like an ultra-high-definition picture, that reveals every blemish. The light takes away our pride, but the true light is also benevolent. It reveals and humbles us in order to heal us. As John 1.7 says, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. Our ability to judge not, lest we be judged, directly corresponds to how much we are willing to face within ourselves. To the degree that we hide parts of ourselves from the light, to that same degree, we will be judgmental towards others directing towards them the judgment that we ought to direct towards ourselves. To the degree that we're willing to be humbled both by God's searching judgment and by his irrationally extravagant grace, to that same degree we will become benevolent even to our enemies. Thus, as Jesus said, Why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye?" but do not perceive the plank in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, Brother, let me remove the speck that is in your eye, when you yourself do not see the plank that is in your own eye? Hypocrite. First remove the plank from your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck that is in your brother's eye. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.